When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sixty-two is the nothing personal word of the day for Wednesday, October fifth, two thousand twenty-two. For those of you fasting, have an easy fast and look forward to the bagels and the schmear coming up in only, from where I'm sitting, about eleven hours. Sixty-two, we finally got it. What a relief! Aaron Judge is the new home run king of Major League Baseball. Oh no, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it this way, Coco. Ready? 62. Aaron Judge is the new ho- No. Oh, okay. Here's what he is. 62. Aaron Judge is the new king of the American League in Major League Baseball. That's really what it is. I'm in. It's exciting. It's a heck of a story. He's had an unreal year. But what the Yankees did and they did it. Sometimes you have to protect a player from himself. I will stand by Aaron Judge should not have been playing in the second game of the doubleheader, but the Yankees were going to play him because Aaron Judge wanted to play because he wanted that record. And they were going to play him until he got 62. And there were two games yesterday. And one game today, and that's the end of the regular season. He had been on 61 for a couple games. He was pressing. It's not like he was getting on base the way he was before he got to 61. He was hitting like 200. He looked like the pressure was on his back in a very significant way. I'm going down to talk to Aaron Boone, and I'm saying, Judge isn't in the lineup, game two of the doubleheader. Let him try to get it in game one. That's fine. Not in the lineup. But Aaron Boone would have said, but Aaron Judge wants to play. We got to let him play. The reason why we protect players from themselves is that players have no idea anything other than what's right in front of them. Can't picture the long term. Aaron Judge is not thinking about the LCS right now or the World Series, but that's our job in the front office. Oh, but David, he's got a few days off. They're not starting until next Monday or Tuesday. It doesn't matter. You have to look at the body language. We've talked about that. You have to look at the player. You have to look at what they're doing, how they're acting. You have to look at Aaron Judge's face when he hit 62 and he had a smile the size of God knows what. And it was relief, not celebration. 
congratulations, Aaron Judge. It's not a small deal. But the way people are talking from Roger Maris Jr. to the people all over Twitter and all over MLB fans who are acting as though this is something greater. How about this little nugget for you? What happens when the American League and the National League disappear and baseball just goes to 32 teams? No, I said 32 on purpose. I know there's only 30. What happens when what we talked about in strategic planning meetings years ago comes true and divisional play disappears, league play disappears? Then you've just got a home run champion single season, and that's Barry Bonds. There is no discussion who is the home run champion. It is Barry Bonds. You can say whatever you want because it makes you feel better because you're sad he did steroids. You're not sure he did steroids. It looks like he did steroids. I'm telling you he did steroids. I'm not telling you. He never tested positive. Doesn't matter. He hit 73. McGuire hit 70. Those records aren't being taken away from the players. They're not rewriting the record books. It is true that if they get rid of the American League and the National League, that Aaron Judge's 62 will just be another good season. It'll be on the list. That's all it'll be. Oh, but we'll remember back at the time he held the American League record. Or he'll permanently have the American League record because there won't be an American League anymore. Let's say that happens in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Or what if it never happens, but next year he hits 63? Then what was 62? Is this a special moment because he broke Roger Maris's record? People break records all the time. They're 10 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old. Is it hallowed? The hallowed home run record. Is it because there was an issue with steroids that makes everything above 61 feel unreal? Is it the Bud Selig rule of lifetime home runs where Hank Aaron is still his career leader in home runs, not Barry Bonds? where Bud Selig followed around Barry Bonds, who was going to break Hank Aaron's record and was holding his nose the entire time, every game, looking despondent beyond repair? Maybe. Maybe Roger Maris Jr. had it right. Maybe he had it right when he said he's the all-time clean home run record holder. Okay. Are you sure? That's the hill you're going to die on? Now, I watched it like everybody else. We went breaking news on CBS. We had to talk about how exciting it was and how great it is. But my point was not that at all. My point was, thank God. And guess what the Yankees did the minute he hit it? See you later. Out of the game. May have gotten another at-bat, but that's it. Think he'll play today? No chance, toilet pants. He's done at 62. I will do a wait to see that if Aaron Judge is in the Yankees lineup today, I will do tomorrow's show with a blazer and no shirt. I know that's not going to be cool or interesting to see a 54-year-old like that, but that's what I'm going to go full Saturday night fever. Aaron Judge will not be in the lineup. What about the guy who caught it? So there's a guy, and I <laughs> – let me start that again, Coco. Ready? Four, six, nine. A rich guy got richer yesterday. Is that your theory? Let's do it a different way. A guy jumped out of the stands thinking he may get 62 if it didn't fall on the stands. That's a good one. All right, we can go with that. Or, or let's do one more. Okay. 10, 40, 69. 
when you go to a game against the New York Yankees and Aaron Judge has 61 home runs and you know that there's a chance you're going to sit in the outfield and you're going to hope to catch the ball. You're going to bring a glove. You're going to spend whatever it takes because you may leave that stadium that night with your own lottery ticket. There's a chance that ball is worth millions of dollars. So you go, you position yourself, you see the ball coming, you catch the ball, you have the ball, you leave the stadium, it's fully marked and authenticated, you get offers immediately for $2 million, and then people start digging into who you are, and they say, hey, you're a vice president of a $100 billion hedge fund, you must be rich, you don't need to be richer. The whole point of being rich is wanting to be richer. The whole point of being poor is wanting to be richer. Everybody wants more money. And when you have a chance to go to a baseball game and walk out with something just by chance that's worth $2 million more, aren't you going to try to do that no matter what your financial situation is? The guy who got it left the stadium, I don't believe that he is going to sell it. He's certainly not giving it back to Aaron Judge, nor should he. He could just keep it and then auction it off at a later date. But I've got a word of advice for you, sir. Sell it immediately. It will never be worth more than it is right now. People have this vision of 62, this buildup of 62. If you can get 2 million, you're gonna pay tax on that. It's gonna be ordinary income, right? Because you didn't hold the asset for a year. So you're gonna have to pay whatever your rate is, but you're in Texas, there's no state tax, but federal tax, let's just say 40%, no problem. You're gonna have to pay 800 grand. That's $1.2 million dans votre poche in your pocket simply for being in the right place at the right time with the only investment of a game ticket. Sell Mortimer, sell, turn on those machines. If what I read is true and someone offered you $2 million for that ball, that ball may be not even worth the yarn that it's made of if someone hits 63 or 64 next year. And the way the balls are juiced and the way players are playing, I don't think 62 is safe. Definitely not for 61 years. That's how long Maris held the record. Even the Bonds record, that's not like Will Chamberlain's 100-point game where you just assume that will never happen. Or Fernando Tatis Sr.'s steroid-free two grand slams in one inning. I don't think that can ever happen again, but it could. Sell the ball now. I wonder if that made everything right for the Texas Rangers as they head into their last game of the season against the Yankees today. MLB has to be simply despondent. They just have to be, don't they? When the expanded playoffs were discussed, our entire point of view, it was very simple, actually. We wanted more cities in the race longer on the assumption they would spend more money, attendance would go up because there'd be excitement. We'd get more quote-unquote column inches every day in more local papers. And when I say column inches, that's an old term for newspaper articles and placement during the NFL season but now it translates to clicks and views and downloads, et cetera. But the thought was that we would take a little bit of the life out of the NFL, and this is true, and MLB doesn't talk this way publicly, but here's how it is. Expanded playoffs were done as a way to try to hurt the NFL as much as possible by keeping September as exciting as possible to try to make the beginning of the NFL season not completely make MLB disappear. 
MLB will say they own October. That's the famous thing we always say. That's a dollar. That's the famous thing they always say. How about this? That's the famous thing we always used to say is that we are October. The fact of the matter is that World Series games will rate below preseason games in terms of number of people watching preseason games in the NFL. That's just the reality that MLB faces that they don't want to believe. So they're always looking for something. And the goal is not the NBA or the NHL. The goal is always to poke the bear that is the NFL. You've heard me talk about the jealousy MLB feels toward the NFL. It is significant. It is real. So the expanded playoffs were a way to really try to make a dent in the difference between the two leagues because MLB would get a bunch of money from ESPN to broadcast all these wild card series. There'd be increased local revenue, increased attendance that would lead to more industry revenue that would get it close to the National Football League. There's no negative at all. So the expanded playoffs start this year and guess what? Today is game 162. There is not one game that matters today. There is not one individual race that matters today. It is straight despondency inside the halls of Major League Baseball. There was a time a couple years ago when MLB made a change that we all fought for tremendously. One of the things that bothered us about game 162 is that the West Coast teams always had an advantage because they would play later in the day, the final day of the season. And if there was a game that mattered and it was an East Coast team and a West Coast team playing for one playoff spot and the East Coast team had a win for the West Coast team to win. And if the West Coast team would win, then they'd be in the playoffs but the East Coast game would happen first and then the East Coast team would lose and then the West Coast team would not have to pitch its good pitcher because they already backed into the playoffs and therefore the team playing that West Coast team in the playoffs would have to face the West Coast team's ace instead of that West Coast team's ace having pitched in game 162. You with me? Am I clear? It was absolutely unfair. So we came up with something that was great. It was called closing day. Everybody plays at the same time. Now, of course, 4 p.m. Eastern is 1 p.m. Pacific. So on the West Coast, they're playing at 1 p.m., but on the East Coast, 4 p.m. And the goal was everybody plays together. We make it a holiday. For the teams who are out of it, we call it closing day. For the teams who are in it and playing for something, we have everyone play at the same time. So in a perfect world, all sorts of exciting things are happening in the same three-hour window. It wasn't many years ago, as I recall, that there was such excitement on the final day of the season where within a space of 15 minutes, three teams made the playoffs and did something to come back in their games. I think the Rays were one of the teams. I can't remember, Coca, what year. I want to say I was in the game. So maybe 2009, 2010, something about it was exciting for game 162. Today, you don't have to watch anything. The Mets did their job. The Mets won 100 games, but they're going to finish second in the division. The Braves clinched last night. The Atlanta Braves, the Mets did not even win the division. I, I'm going to go through all the wait to sees tomorrow. 
all my season wait to sees that didn't happen, all my mid-season wait to sees, my September wait to see that the Mets would hold on because they had the easy schedule. Holy crikeys, the Mets could not hold off the Braves, and they didn't give it away. The Mets, in no stretch, can be looked at as having a bad year. They won 100 games, and they still couldn't win the division. That never happens. Winning 100 games and not winning your division, when you are planning your team and putting your team together, you're trying to win 100 games because you say to 100 games, we are winning the division, no question about it. Except recently, it's happening like every year. Last year, the Dodgers won 100 games, and they did not win their division. In 2018, I think the Yankees won a hundo and didn't even win their division. Before that, it didn't happen for like 20 years. It's very rare. So the Mets and all the Mets fans out there, I'm speaking to you, Coca, you should not be at all disappointed. The reality is that now you have to get past the Padres. Then you have to get past the Dodgers. Then you have to get past, if you beat the Dodgers, the Braves. And then you have to get to the World Series. Hmm. Steve Cohn may go another year not fulfilling his dream of winning a World Series. The Mets are not even going to be considered favorites to get out of the American League, out of the National League. Forget winning the World Series. But do not be upset with Steve Cohn. He spent money. Do not be upset with the players. Do not be upset with Scherzer, DeGrom, Alonzo, Lindor. A hell of a season for the Mets. But there's nothing to play for. You want a fan base that should be upset? Why don't you be upset at the Brewers? Everybody from Wisconsin, me included, is angry with the Brewers for playing like absolute crap. And then when I expect them not to win a game, they win a game when it doesn't even matter. The Phillies were handing them a playoff spot. The Padres, they're fine, but you could have caught the Padres too. One little trade of Josh Hader and you fall apart like tinfoil over a lighter. It's ridiculous. Today's the final day of the season. We made it. But now's when it gets good. I admit that it's not NFL, but if you're not excited for the playoffs, it's always good October baseball. And this year, you get the extra round, which is a sprint. It's just a three-game series that starts Friday. We're going to do a show with Will Middlebrooks at the end of the week. We're going to review and preview every wild card series. It'll be fun to talk about October, give some predictions. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. One thing that we fought about a lot at owners meetings, presidents would get together and talk. And we would fight about a Super League. And the reason we would fight about a Super League is that the Yankees would spend half their time telling us that they couldn't stand giving money to teams like, at that time, the Brewers until they got their new stadium, but the Cleveland Indians, who at that time were the Indians, the Royals, the Rays, the Marlins, They were just angry. Like George Steinbrenner would walk around owners meetings just with that look of, look at you. You're taking our money and then you're beating us. That's what especially galled him in 03. And what made him so unpleasant that year is that he was losing a World Series to a team that in his opinion, he was paying for. And I get it because the Yankees paid the most into the revenue sharing pool and the Marlins got the most out of the revenue sharing pool along with the Devil Rays at the time or the Rays now. So I understand his point. But our answer always was, well, you need us. What are you going to do, play the Red Sox every day? And the answer was, yeah, that'd be fine. 
And our answer was there's 162 games. You don't think that fans would get a little tired or the players would get a little tired if all you got was the same team or the same four teams? Or let's say you formed a Super League with just the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Giants and the Cubs. Super Leagues are a concept that have been talked about for decades. In soccer, they started that Super League. And they made it like 5% of the way. They, they barely made it past the announcement when all of a sudden they couldn't walk it back fast enough. Remember what John Henry did in Liverpool? Fenway Sports Group. I'm so sorry, I'll never do that again because the supporters were absolutely furious and marching. Well, there were teams in the Spanish League who were not gonna give up on the Super League so quickly. And one of them came out yesterday with a renewed call for a Super League. His name is Florentino Perez, and he's the president of Real Madrid. Real Madrid is, in case you don't know, is the most popular soccer team, maybe if you're basing it on what it's worth. There's a view that they're worth over $5 billion. And he wanted to say to all of the fans of soccer, hey, we have to have a Super League. And here was the reason he gave. It was very bizarre. He said, To fix a problem, you have to first recognize that you have a problem. I love that. That applies to almost everything. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. In order to be better, you have to recognize places where you can be better. I'm in, Mr. Perez. Stop the quote there. Stop the count. Nope, here he goes. Our sport is sick. It's losing its leadership as a global sport. You lost me at sick. When you look at franchise values of football teams over in Spain, over in England, you can't say that football is sick. When you look at revenue numbers, you can't say football is sick. There are teams who are not necessarily acting responsibly because they are spending ridiculous amounts of money on player transfers, but that doesn't mean the sport is sick. Youth participation in soccer in the US, it's what we dream about in baseball. Youth participation of soccer slash football overseas, it's what everybody dreams about. The pipeline in football, and when I say football in this segment, I don't mean the NFL. The pipeline in football is full. It's like brimming over. Players are falling out of the pipeline. There's so many people playing. So what's his point? Why does he still want a Super League? And why is he saying that the sport is sick as a way to make a Super League? It's not like he presented facts about, hey, look, the demographics, 18 to 54, no one's watching our games. Hey, look, kids aren't playing our games. Hey, look, kids aren't coming to our games. None of that. He just wants the whole world to believe that his money grab makes sense to make everybody happier. But what a Super League clearly will do is change and make it all the haves, will not give anything to the have-nots, but guess what'll happen? When the haves only play the haves, that means half the haves become have-nots. I guess you could play to a tie every day. It's one of the funny things that people mistakenly think about sports and I will never understand it. 
by definition, do we all agree that when there are 15 games in Major League Baseball today, do you agree that the record of the 30 teams will be 15 and 15? I'm just curious. Do you agree with that statement mathematically? That today on closing day in Major League Baseball, the record of Major League Baseball will be 15 and 15. If there were a Super League of eight teams and there were four games today, do we agree that the record of teams in the Super League would be four and four? If you only play inside your Super League, half the Super League is gonna have supporters who ain't so happy. There's not gonna be a Super League. It's too short-sighted. So many teams are after immediate gratification when it comes to revenue. They're so willing to sign upfront deals and get cash payments up front. It happens in baseball all the time. You do a sponsorship deal, it's a 10-year deal for $5 million a year, but you take $25 million up front and then $25 million spread out. He who has the most cash wins because you get to dictate terms. It's always good to be liquid. Baseball teams in general, sports teams specifically, are very, very illiquid. They are worth tremendous amounts of money, but they do not generate the cash flow that you think, and they don't generate the free cash flow, which means money that you have at the end of the year to say, hey, what do you wanna do with this? Because owners always know what to do with that, and it's not what you think. So companies with a lot of operating cash flow, free cash flow, they use that cash to get more in theory by giving more money up front. If you look at all these TV deals the teams do, they get huge payments up front. When you look at teams, even in the in the soccer leagues, the football leagues overseas, who are trying to figure out a way to monetize their assets because they have financial issues like Barcelona, they're monetizing long-term assets by taking short-term money. It's not a smart move. Just imagine for yourself, imagine you're making $100,000 a year and you have a five-year contract. So you're gonna get $500,000 over five years. But the person says to you, I'll give you $400,000 today and then $25,000 a year for the last four years of your deal. Are you doing that? And if you do it, are you spending the $400,000 this year? But then what happens in years two through five when you're only getting 25,000 and all of a sudden you can't make your mortgage payments, you can't make your car payments, you can't make your tuition payments. You still got 500,000 over five years. You have to be incredibly disciplined and sports teams are not disciplined. They take the money they get up front and they put it in the portal, they put it into free agency immediately and then they're in trouble again. Word to the wise, don't do that. All right, we come back. One of the listeners, one of you, thank you, had me watch this movie. I believe you produced it. You have a family member produced it. I can't exactly remember. I'm going to review Mac and Rita, and then we're going to talk about what Tua was doing yesterday. It's something that I promise you he did not want to be doing. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. 
Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you very much. I appreciate everything that you do, even on a holiday. We love being here with you every day. We're going to keep going. Tell your friends about Nothing Personal. We're daily. We update. I still watch a movie every day. Every day. You asked me to watch Mac and Rita, so I did. Mac and Rita is a movie with Elizabeth Lale and Diane Keaton. It's a movie like Prelude to a Kiss, which I loved with Meg Ryan and Alec Baldwin. It's a movie like Mr. Destiny with James Belushi, which I absolutely loved. There's so many movies about people where you switch. There was a movie with, uh, oh God, who are the, uh, Jennifer Garner. I want to say 13 going on 30. Was that it, Coca? There's so many movies. Everybody wants to be something they're not. It'd be amazing if we were all comfortable in our own skin. So everyone says, hey, I'm going to look over there. God, I want to be old. God, I want to be young. God, I want to be pretty. God, I want to be thin. God, I want to be fat. God, I want to be a mother, father. God, I want to be in love. Everything. Mac and Reed is about a young woman in an old woman's body. She feels like she doesn't get along with her friends because she wants to do things that older women do. She sees an older woman, goes into a machine, of course there's gotta be a machine, and hocus pocus, there it goes. You have Diane Keaton. What is the best swap movie ever? Trading Plant, that's not the swap movie. Okay. Let me, let me take a break from the Mac and Reader review because Coco wants me, and I don't know where you were pregame with telling me this when we did the show. Trading Places is a swap movie, not 
of bodies. It's a swap of economic positions. The purpose of trading places is that you don't have to be white and privileged to be able to be in the Merck exchange. You can be homeless and a veteran, and you can do just as well with the proper training. Oh, I did say that. Oh my God, stop yelling, it's a holiday, and I'm hungry. I did say that everyone wants to be something they're not. But that, but Dan Aykroyd and, and Eddie Murphy and Trading Places did not want to be something they weren't. They were just given the opportunity. And Dan Aykroyd didn't want to be stealing and, and on the street, did he? And Eddie Murphy was fine doing what he was doing with his scams. I've got legs. Anyway, back to Mac and Rita. Here is my issue with Mac and Rita. It's an interesting time old story. Time told. I can't remember the expression. I'm having problems right now, Coca. I don't want to stop the timeless. No, not timeless. Tale as old as time. So all of a sudden, Diane Keaton shows up and she does what everybody does when they have a new body. They grab their breasts. I don't quite get that, right? They're saying, oh God, I'm old. They look in the mirror and they say, "Ugh, I have wrinkles. And Diane Keaton, of course, is stunning no matter what age she is. So then you then, step two, you have to convince your best friend that it's actually you. And they scream because, oh my God, who's this? It's an intruder who's a 70-year-old woman. Oh no, I have to prove who I am. Hey, prove it. All right, do you remember the time when we were best friends and I made you eat the lollipop of the person who was sucking on it before? Oh yeah, how would you know that? What did you do with my friend? These tropes are so done. But Mac and Rita kept going. There's a payoff, and the payoff is always the same. You go back in the machine like Big. By the way, Big's another example. I want to be big. And then he spends the rest of the time trying to find the machine. Zoltar. I have Zoltar socks to you. Uh, Coca, stop. I'm not putting that in the show. I'm not going to tell people I've not seen the hot chick. I'm not going to say it. You're not going to get me to say it. So, of course, at the end of these movies, you go back on the machine and then you get back to being who you were and you immediately feel your body again. Mac and Rita, I'm sorry to say, is just not worth seeing. And I don't want to lose a listener over this because I care, but I owe it to the audience to be truthful. It's fine. Seeing Diane Keaton is always positive. But if you are looking for a change, a destiny change, go prelude to a kiss. Okay. Yesterday, I was going to do a, uh, today I was going to do a reenactment of the TUA meeting with the doctors and with the concussion protocol people, with the NFL and the NFLPA, but I wanna make sure that you're taking this as seriously as I am. Tua Tungavailoa has a real problem. The actual doctor who first realized that CTE was gonna be an issue has come out publicly and said that Tua should never play football again. He may be an alarmist. He may be trying to draw attention to his studies and to his what he does. But the fact of the matter remains that Tua should not be playing football again. 
am I really agreeing? Is it possible that I'm telling you that Tua should retire? Is that my take? So let me put it to you a different way. When you have a career where you use your elbow and your shoulder to throw a baseball, what's the definition of a career-ending injury? A career-ending injury is when you can no longer perform your job on the field to the expectation and level of ability that's required to be a professional. That's a career-ending injury. All right, what about a degenerative hip like Albert Bell had? Career-ending degenerative hip condition. Well, you can no longer perform to your ability, but it's a step up because if you keep playing, you could do permanent damage to your hip and it would impact your ability to walk going forward. I've seen a lot of retired athletes. Andre Dawson comes to mind. He's got a new everything. One of the most gentle men and beautiful men I've ever been able to spend time with. Hard time getting up, hard time walking. Go look at old football players. Knees, hips, elbows. The price they pay. I'm good with it. But now let's talk about your brain. Let's talk about the players like Jim McMahon who are having a hard time living. Let's talk about a player like Junior Seau who couldn't live and took his own life. Having a concussion is not like tearing your ACL. It's not like breaking your shoulder. It's not like losing your knees or shoulders or elbows or toes. The brain is the one part of your body you can't screw around with. Now, we try commercials. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, and it's a fried egg. We try to tell kids, don't smoke the ganja because it's going to kill brain cells. We try to tell kids, don't cross your eyes. If you get hit in the back, your eyes will stay crossed, and that'll impact your entire life going forward. We try to tell people, don't get tattoos. They're permanent. Use condoms. Use birth control because once you have kids, you always have kids. You can't get rid of kids ever. Permanence. One of the things that is not talked about enough is the head injury and the impact it can have on your life. Football, by definition, no one wants to talk about it. Dan Lebitard will talk about it. No one wants to talk about exactly the seriousness of the injuries that take place in football that are head-related because when they're older, we don't care. We still celebrate the Chicago Bears victory in 1985. We don't care that Jim McMahon, only 30 years later, who should be living his life, he's not old, can barely function. We don't care. We're very sad and we close our eyes and we say a prayer when a, another player kills themselves or commits a crime. But we go back and watch the game. It's not on us, is it? We're just fans. So Tua's meeting with the NFL and the NFLPA, not because every all of a sudden they're all concerned about brain injuries and about the future of these players. They're concerned in an acute way about lawsuits coming their way. And so they had to find a fall guy. They fired the independent doctor. Now they've got to find a way to differentiate what happened with Tua so they can make new rules, different rules, and claim it's never going to happen again. And it's a bunch of horse hockey. It's not just going to happen again soon. It's going to happen again this week. It happens every weekend in the NFL.
when players get their heads bashed in, they see stars, and they may not wobble and fall to the ground. They may not spasm in their hands. But enough time seeing stars, enough time getting hit in the head, and you start stealing money that was meant for welfare. I don't even mean to make a joke of it. It's not, it's not funny. It's actually pathetic. So what did they bring Tua in for? What, did they ask him a question? Did you demand to go back in the game? Were you told it was okay to go back in the game? Did you tell the truth about what your symptoms were? We do not count on players to tell us the truth ever about how they feel. You think when we go to the pitcher's mound and visit with pitchers, hey, how you feeling? We actually care what they say. They all say the same thing. Hey, I got plenty left. I got plenty left. Don't worry. I feel good. You're throwing 84, not 94. No problem. We have to protect players from themselves because they're not going to be honest ever. What do you think, Tua, when he said, yeah, I'm feeling better. I'm releasing a statement. We're good to go. Can't wait to get back on the field. Who cares what he says? You can't have team doctors looking at players. They want their players playing because the presidents, GMs, and coaches want their players playing. You want to blame someone? How about blaming coaches? Coach McDaniel of the Dolphins, what a great quirky statement. He said, hey, don't you worry. We always take into account the health of our players. We never put players in harm's way. It made me laugh. That's like in baseball. We would never try to have our pitchers get injured. Really? Every single day when we say throw harder, we are putting them and heading them toward injury. Every day. The best part about baseball is it's only their arm. What do we care if they're 55 and 60 years old and can't have a catch with their kid? I never thought about it one time, never cared. And I worked with a guy named PJ, who was a really good baseball player as a kid, and his arm got so screwed up that when he throws the ball, he looks like someone who can't throw a ball. And he was an actual athlete. So I saw it up close, never bothered me, never thought about it, never cared. But the brain, you better care. I'm sorry, Tua, that we had you meet, that they had you meet with the concussion evaluators. Absolute joke. All right. Zach Gallen lost to Cy Young yesterday. Yes, he did. It's going to Verlander and Alcantara, period. It's not even, it's not even exciting the last day of the season for any of the individual awards. Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP, even though Otani should. Goldschmidt will win the MVP, and he should, but no triple crown for him. Sandy's going to win the Cy Young, first ever Cy Young. I wanted a Cy Young Award winner so badly during my years with the Marlins. We had such good pitchers, and we never got a Cy Young. I really thought Dontrell had a chance one year. I can't remember the year. It was maybe 05 that I thought he should have won the Cy Young. He may have finished second. I thought Jose should have gotten a Cy Young. We never got one. Sandy's going to get one for the Marlins. Zach Gallen had a chance yesterday. One last-ditch effort, nothing. The Diamondbacks over the Brewers was a loser. We're back to 25 games over again. It's closing day. The Dodgers, are they still going with Kershaw? When I did the document, Coca, the Dodgers were pitching Kershaw. Now, Kershaw may not pitch again until Tuesday. What's today? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So on regular rest, Tuesday or Wednesday, is that right? I'm just going to check live. 
you are looking live as I check pitching matchups. Yeah, Kershaw is still going for the Dodgers. I like it. I'm taking the Dodgers over the Rockies. Remember when the Rockies signed Chris Bryant before the season? The former Cub and everyone was all excited. Yeah. No. Nothing. They stink. So now teams are going to play today. And then one of the things that I used to want to do is win the last game of the season on years we weren't going into the playoffs because it made me feel good like we could go into the offseason with a win. It is so preposterous. You could lose 90 games, but if you win the last game of the season, you're like, all right, nice job. See you later, everyone. Right now inside clubhouses for all the teams who are not moving on, there's boxes everywhere. The players are mailing it in. They're saying their goodbyes. When you get taken out of a game, you could ask your GM for permission before it starts. Hey, I've got a quick flight home. Do you mind if I leave in the fourth inning? Nah, go ahead. See you later. We'll see you in February. People are checked out. When you're in the playoffs, we, you spent the last game of the regular season when we had already clinched the wild card in 03. The last game of the season was only important to get to my predicted wins of 91. I predicted 91 wins before the season started. And we got our 91st win then. But you're getting ready for the playoffs. You're figuring out your roster. Willis lost by 20 total votes in 05 to Chris Carpenter. Yeah, that I wish he had won that year. Chris Carpenter. He was good, though. What about those Cardinals? Anyway, let's get back. So teams are getting ready. They're going to the playoffs. The Houston Astros are one of four teams with a bye. It is the Astros and the Yankees in the American League. It is the Dodgers and the Braves in the National League. Under the new expanded playoffs, they don't have to play this two out of three series. They're off. They get to reset the rotation. It's a huge, huge benefit. But the Astros have this sort of cloud hanging over them, and I can't figure it out. They're the best team in the American League. They could easily win the World Series this year. They've got their manager and their general manager, Dusty Baker and James Click, are both in the last year of their deal. They are both unsigned. Not unlike Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone back in the day, like last year. So it's not unheard of. But what strikes me about the Astros situation is the hatred and mistrust between Click and Baker and Crane and Click. Crane is the owner of the Astros. There is not a lot of love going on in that front office. And what they've got to figure out is who is not going to be back. And the way you figure that out is you do nothing until the season plays itself out. Because if the Astros win the World Series, you sit down with your top two guys, even if you don't like them and they don't like each other, and you say, we can work it out. You sing a little Beatles song. And you say, we are not changing this up. We won the World Series. But if you don't win the World Series, you then have a baked-in excuse to break up the general manager and the manager to make the choice that you want to make because you did not accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. So from a public standpoint, you can release a statement or meet the media and talk to your fans and say, for us, it was only about winning the World Series. And we didn't win it. We are making the following change. Make no mistake, Jim Crane knows exactly what he's going to do with either Baker or Click, his GM. There is no one who bases their decision on the postseason other than winning the World Series. 
And even then, if you have a major sickness within your organization or as an owner, you do not like working with your GM even after you win a World Series, it is not out of the question that you make a change. But Jimmy Crane won't do it that way. So look for that with the Astros. But don't think it will be an excuse for the players because they could care. They could not, thank you. They could not care less. That's it. Enjoy game 162. There's a lot on the line. Make sure at 4 o'clock you're in front of the TV. Enjoy your schmear later in the day. I'm going to go not sip water or brush my teeth. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.